Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So glad you joined us, as always, uh, for just our study in the Word of God. Have this postcard today from Sharon. Uh, Sharon is a very faithful listener from Yakima, Washington, but she was on vacation in Utah at the Arches National Park. What a beautiful section of our nation that is. And Sharon writes that she has listened through Exodus, Daniel, Revelation, Mark, now Jeremiah, and she just said some really kind words about the podcast. So uh, Sharon, thanks for listening and even listening on vacation. That means the world to me and appreciate you sending me that card. We are in Jeremiah chapter number 12, and I want you to look at verse number five. Jeremiah has kind of been complaining to the Lord, knowing in the back of his mind, Lord, you're righteous. And I know that, and I know that your ways are above my ways. That's always a good way to frame your prayer to the Lord. It's not wrong to complain to God. It's not wrong to pour out your heart to him. That's really what the Psalms are all about, many of them. And so it's not wrong to do that, but it's also good to framework your mind to know, I might not understand this, and this might seem really, really unfair uh, to me, but righteous art thou, Lord. I've got my complaints. I want to ask some questions, and God's more than able to handle that. But it's also important to keep in mind that God is right. Watch how God answers Jeremiah in verse number five, where he says these words, if thou hast run with the footmen and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? So again, the Lord speaks in metaphor and says to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, if, if you can't handle this, then how are you going to handle this? So think about what Jeremiah is complaining about. Jeremiah, when I say complain, I, that's probably the wrong word. Uh, Jeremiah is frustrated, and he's expressing that level of hurt and frustration to the Lord. And remember what Jeremiah was dealing with was rejection from his own townspeople in Anathoth, the, the city of the priests, and how they plotted against him, how they were being duplicitous in their words. And Jeremiah says, Lord, this isn't fair. And, and it certainly wasn't. And Jeremiah is having to run that race, so to speak. And what the Lord says is, Jeremiah, you're running with the footmen now, but you're, you're going to be running against horses in time to come. And, and the point is, Jeremiah, even your present struggle is a preparation for a future struggle that will even be greater. Indeed, as we shall see in our study of the book of Jeremiah, we're going to find out that Jeremiah is cast into prison. Jeremiah is put into a pit in the ground. Jeremiah is going to continue to face challenges that will even exceed the challenges about which he's frustrated right now. And the point is that God knows exactly what we can take at every stage. I love that verse there in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 
where the Bible says, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. So God's not looking for us to escape our trial in the sense of the trial is removed, but God is looking for us to, God will give us an escape in the trial that we may be able to bear it, to put up with it, to continue in it. That's why the Bible says in James chapter one, that we need to learn, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So it's not getting out of my trouble that God wants necessarily. It's what can I get out of my trouble? You get the difference there? It's not getting out of your trouble. It's what you can get out of your trouble, what you can learn from it, what God's training you because of it, in it, how God's using it in your life. Like the apostle Paul, I want out of my trouble. And God says, no, I'm not going to get you out of your trouble, but here's what I want you to get out of your trouble, that in your weakness, I that you are strong, that my grace is sufficient. See that? So don't try to get out of your trouble. See what you're supposed to get out of your trouble. I hope that makes sense. Look at verse number five again, where it says, and if on the land of, if in the land of peace, wherein thou trustest, they weary thee then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? So the swelling of Jordan, the Jordan River Valley, especially back in those days when the Jordan was running full of water and the vegetation would grow thick around the Jordan River Valley, that would be a place of predators. And back before the land was was decimated, uh, there would be wildlife and even wild animals and, and jungle-like conditions. And so the point is this, if you can't handle it here where it's relatively safe, how are you going to handle it there where it's much more dangerous and predatory? The, the point is the same illustration. God's using two illustrations to give the same point. That Jeremiah, I know it's tough right now, and I can hear your complaints and your frustration, but understand that things will even get worse, but my grace will always be equal to your situation. Look at verse number six, for even thy brethren and the house of thy father, even they have dealt treacherously with thee. Yea, they have called a multitude after thee, believe them not, though they speak fair words unto thee. So as God describes the kinds of trouble that Jeremiah is going to face and is facing even to a degree right now, they are relationship issues that your people are going to reject you, Jeremiah, even people that you would expect to be loyal to you, a people that are your brethren of your father's house. And even they will foment more trouble and that they will call for others to be on their team, a multitude, the Bible says, that will stand against you. So Jeremiah, think about it. You, the, the nature of your trouble will be that it will be relational. That's what hurts the most. Remember what David said. David said, you know, I think I could have borne rejection, except it was you. Remember he said in the Psalms, it was you, my trusted companion, you, my, my closest friend. I think he was probably speaking about Ahithophel, his counselor. 
And that's what hurt me so much because it was somebody close to me. Remember, uh, Jesus said, betrayest thou the son of man with a kiss? Uh, my friend, Judas, the one that was so close to Jesus, betrayed him, how much that hurt. Uh, Jesus said that when those that follow him truly follow him, they need to hate father and mother and wife and children and brethren and their own life also. In other words, be ready, Jesus said, to favor your relationship with me over every human relationship because sometimes our fellowship of the Lord will bring separation from the people that we thought would never leave us and would never forsake us. And sometimes uh, our own family is among those that will reject us. That, that's hard to hear. It's harder to experience. And yet that's exactly what Jeremiah experienced. Verse number six again, uh, they shall de deal treacherously with thee. Yea, they have called a multitude after thee. Believe them not, though they speak fair words unto thee. And here's even another exacerbating issue to the situation. It's not as if they're taking a strong external outward verbal stand against you. It's not like family members are saying, Jeremiah, you're a heretic. And Jeremiah, we repudiate you and, and we take our stand against you. No, they're, they're not even drawing clear lines. They're acting like they like Jeremiah. They're acting as if they're on Jeremiah's team. They're speaking fair words, but in their heart, in their actions, they're really standing against him. Sometimes that's the most difficult thing of all. Sometimes the most difficult thing of all is not to deal with a sworn enemy, but to deal with a friend, quote unquote, that really is not a real friend. And so it's the, it's the hurt of people that say, hey, I'm fine with you. I'm your friend and, and I support you. But you know, in their heart, it's a totally different story. I would much rather know what I'm dealing with than be wondering, is this true? Is this not true? To deal in that murky middle of people that talk one way, and yet in their heart, they're really plotting another way. And God said, these are the kinds of things that you're going to deal with, Jeremiah. Get ready for it. Now, I know that's difficult, but... I think what's merciful is the fact that God is telling him this. Jeremiah, this is the way it's going to be. These are the, This is the way people are. And when you have the word from God about that, it takes a little bit of the sting away because you know what to expect and you know God predicted this and this is part of it. Look at verse number seven. I have forsaken mine house. God goes on to speak. So in verses five and six, he speaks, Jeremiah, listen, I know things are bad. They're actually going to get worse, but I'm letting you know ahead of time what those things are so that you'll know implicitly that I'm with you. I've told you, I'm aware my grace is sufficient. Now, verse number seven, I have forsaken mine house. So now the Lord is speaking about the nation itself. And so Jeremiah, understand, I know what's going on. I know what the people are saying. I know they're being duplicitous. I know it appears as if nothing's happening. But Jeremiah, as far as I'm concerned, I've already forsaken them. It's just a matter of time before judgment's coming. I have forsaken mine house. I have left mine heritage. 
I have given the dearly beloved of my soul under the hand of her enemies. See the heart of God. God says, listen, this is painful to me. I know it's painful to you, Jeremiah, that in your short life you're seeing this, but I've been dealing with my people for years and years, and I love them. I love them with my own soul, and it's pained me that I've had to give them up unto unto their enemies. It pains me that I'm going to allow Babylon to come in and invade them and to hurt them and to kidnap them and to keep them captive. I love them. I'm going to allow this because this is the the only thing that they'll hear. So Jeremiah, don't think that I don't feel what you feel too. Verse number eight, my inheritance is unto me as a lion in the forest. This is the way my people treat me, like a lion in the forest. It crieth out against me. Therefore, have I hated it. So, you know, God promised that Judah specifically would be like the lion. Remember the prophecy of Jacob about his children? Uh, and even Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. So Judah would be like a lion to the Lord. But here, Judah is like a lion, but not like a lion for the Lord, a lion against the Lord. And what the Lord is saying is, my people that to whom I've given strength, to whom I've given vitality and identity, they're actually turning on me. Uh, they're bearing their fangs at me. Uh, they're roaring against me. How, how wicked and wrong is that? That the very strength and identity that I've given my people, they're using against the one who has given them that strength and identity. Verse number nine, and when, by the way, when the Bible says, therefore have I hated it, it's not hate in the sense that you and I use the word hate. It, it's, it's, it's I have chosen not to favor them anymore. Uh, they, they have chosen to remove their devotion from me so I am taking my hand of favor off of them. I'm going to allow them to suffer the repercussions of rejecting me. Verse number nine, mine heritage is unto me as a speckled bird. In other words, here's another description of my people. They're like a speckled bird. The birds round about her are against her. Come ye, assemble all the beasts of the field, come to devour. So, in nature, when an animal has a, an odd coloring due to some genetic defect, then typically what happens is the other animals of that kind will attack it like a bird. The speckled bird stands out among the other birds, so the other birds attack it. So in other words, the pe- my people, they're, they, they're odd. They, they're, they're like defected. And that's going to cause the other nations round about them to peck at them, to kill them, to come and devour them. And so I am dealing with the rebellion of my nation. Jeremiah, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But understand this, I'm in control and I am dealing with my people whom I love, to whom I've given great identity. I am dealing with them in my time. You need to trust me. So that's all the time that we have for today. We finished there verse number nine. So we'll jump into verse number 10 and maybe get to the end of the chapter next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. 
Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.